Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. I hope that you had a lovely 4th of July weekend, and we are back here to kick off a fantastic episode with an amazing guest, Hala Taha. I love Hala's story because it is one of resilience, perseverance, thinking outside of the box, getting curious, and not giving up. Hala shares her incredible story of how she went from intern to building a podcast empire. I really love the way that she thinks in which that she never really kind of followed the status quo. And she tells stories about how when she was launching her podcast and she saw that everybody else was focused on iTunes and building numbers there, she kind of went the exact opposite. And she used LinkedIn to actually grow her podcast to what it is today, which is one of the top rated podcasts in the world. If you are interested in learning how to grow, especially if you want to strangle Instagram, <laughs> you're going to love this episode. Holla shares how to start a podcast, launch a podcast, scale a podcast, and how to use LinkedIn to really grow and build an authentic community. This is a fantastic episode. She doesn't hold anything back. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Hala. Hey, Julie. Happy to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. Um, I love everything that you do. Your podcast is incredible. Um, we're going to dive into all of that. I'm really excited for you to be here and just share your gifts with my incredible community. I know they are going to love you. So let's kick it off. Young and profiting. What does that mean? And why is that your, your thing, baby? Yes. Yeah, so Young and Profiting stands for YAP. And basically, I aim to help level up people in their professional and personal lives. And I started this podcast to help people listen, learn, and profit. And so the mission was really to give back and help millennials make money uh, because I once was broke millennial. And then I kind of made it and wanted to give back and interview experts and help people level up as well. Oh, we have to dive into that. Tell us, bring us back to that time of being young, fabulous, and broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was in college, I had my first internship and it was at a radio station called Hot 97. And at the time it was the world's number one radio station. This was about eight years ago. And so radio was still really hot and it was a big deal to be this, you know, 20 year old girl in a radio station. I ended up, uh, landing a job with Angie Martinez. She was the voice of New York and I was her assistant for three years, but the whole time it was unpaid. And so I was this glorified, unpaid intern who had the coolest job in the world, but nonetheless, I was broke. And so I was hosting parties at night to make money. I was uh, throwing rapper showcases and selling tickets to make money at night. And, you know, I was struggling all to make this dream in broadcasting, which came true a lot later. So yeah, walk us through that journey of, you know, really the, you know, some people call it hustle, the side hustle, the hustle of that, which it is a hustle, but it's also there, there is a, a lot of really creative power and, and thinking outside the box and being curious and really having a resilience to hustle at that way. So I would love for you to kind of walk me through that, that you weren't getting paid at your job, but you knew that that job 
was laying the foundation and you were able to work with some incredible people and to learn a lot. So you didn't want to give that up, but you live in New York city, which is one of the most expensive cities in the country. You've got to pay your bills. So what made you think to do these side hustles that you were doing to throw these parties and to, to kind of use that as your creative juice to start to build what it is that you have today? Yeah. So, so basically it, like you said, it was just being creative and scrappy and, and following my dreams. And so it was all about absorbing myself or immersing myself into hot 97 and not holding back. So I dropped out of school. I, I was in college. I dropped out of college to work there full time, even though I was just an intern and that allowed me to snag like the best internship out of all the interns. And I started doing commercials on the radio. And then I teamed up with the other up and coming DJs. And I was like, let's have our own radio show. And we're not on Hot 97 yet, but let's do some online radio shows together. And so all the while I would have all these online radio shows with these DJs who are super famous now who were on my radio show. And I was like, you know, pretending to be Angie Martinez on these shows. And, um, you know, it was just survival. I just, I just wanted to immerse myself and make it happen. And I just figured any way I could make money would be good enough. And so I ended up leaving the station about three years later when I wanted to have a job. I ended up getting fired because I brought it up and I brought it up in a way that wasn't the smartest way to do something. I basically said, Hey, I don't feel good. I don't feel like going to work today. And, uh, you know, Angie got mad at me, fired me, probably would have taken me back, but I was this frisky young girl who, you know, wouldn't take no for an answer. And so I decided, well, if, if they don't want me, I'm going to go out on my own. And so I started this website called the sorority of hip hop, and it was a way to empower other women in the entertainment industry who weren't getting opportunities because a guy received the job that I had wanted, which is why I kind of called out a sick work, played hooky and got fired. Right. And so I started this website and, uh, you know, I got fired on a Thursday by Sunday, I figured out how to build a website and I recruited all these girls on Craigslist and Twitter. I had amassed a following and, um, Two weeks later, I had 14 girls and we called ourselves the sorority of hip hop. Uh, three months later, we were one of the most popular hip hop and entertainment websites in the world. And so MTV had already scouted us. We were getting going viral on Twitter and, and getting a lot of notoriety. And then the same DJs who, you know, I got fired at the station who didn't pay me minimum wage, who I was, you know, my job was to get them coffee and do their work for them, started to call me to host their parties and started to pay us to host their parties. And I went from being intern to being their peer. And so that was one of the first big lessons in my career that, you know, you can't let the gatekeepers really hold you back. If I had stayed at Hot 97, they would have had me work there for, you know, five years more for free. Uh, before giving me a job. I probably would have ended up getting a job, but it would have taken so long. And creating my own path really got me there in three months as opposed to another three years. Oh, Hala, this is so good. I, you know, the, the first thing that really stuck out to me was that, and it's actually, I talk about it a lot because I think it's a key to success is about you started where you were with what you had. And instead of, instead of kind of taking that mentality of, oh, I don't have enough. I can't do this. I'm not big enough. I'm not Angie. I'm not this person. And, you know, nowadays we see it on social media all the time. It's so easy to make these excuses, but you were like, F all that. This is what I have to work with today. And I'm going to use that to my advantage. And so kind of take me back to that moment that it's, it's that Thursday and you have no job. You're sitting in an apartment that you got to pay rent for you're in New York city and you, you, it's survival. Like you have no other choice. So like you're, 
your, your ability to succeed had to be greater than your excuses. And so you were like, all right, I'm going to do this website. How were you able to, what I'm going to say, call in the troops, find that community of like-minded women who saw the vision, who connected with it, who were on board and who were ready to help support you in this mission of where it is that you wanted to go? Yeah. Well, first of all, when I got fired from Hot 97, I really felt like somebody had died. It it was really hard on me because I was Hala from Hot 97. Everybody knew me as that girl. I was hanging out with celebrities. I was dating celebrities. I was living the life. And so for me, it was like, oh my gosh, my whole life is over. But I quickly got over that. And I think part of that is because I was used to so much rejection in my younger life. You know, I'm Palestinian American. I'm Arab American. When I was in high school, 9-11 had just kind of happened. And I, I had to, I faced a lot of rejection growing up. And so I think I just innately was was just more like, all right, well, this failed and now it's time for the next thing. And I got to get, you know, get rolling. Life doesn't stop. Right. And so I just channeled my energy into something positive. And this is what I always do when I fail or when something goes wrong, instead of just dwelling on the past. Oh, how could I like, why did I send that text? Why did I do that? How I got fired. My life is over. You know, I was, I let myself mourn for a day. But after that, it was like, what's next? What is the positive thing that I can focus on now? Because I never want to be negative. I'm a very positive person. And so I just kept thinking, what is the positive thing I can I can do right now? And what's the positive thing that came out of this? And, and what I kept thinking of is, well, wow, like, what if I use this as a way to reach out to other girls who also may not be getting opportunities? Because I busted my ass this past three years and I did not deserve to get fired. I deserve to get a job. Quite the opposite, right? And so I was like, how can I just be positive and reach out to other girls that may be relating to this? And turns out there was lots of girls in the entertainment industry who were facing the same thing. So I got girls from Def Jam and VH1 and iHeartRadio and all these other places where these women also felt like they weren't getting opportunities and they felt empowered to group together and, and start this team with me. And so, like I said, I just, I just reached out on my networks. Twitter at the time was really popular. There was no Instagram yet really. And so we used, we leveraged Twitter. Craigslist was like a thing, Facebook. And I just reached out to these girls and said, Hey, if you want to learn how to blog, I'll teach you. You don't need to know anything. If you're in the entertainment industry, if you like to write, if you're pretty, if you're smart, join, join the sorority of hip hop. And like I had 150 girls in and out of this organization in, in about a little less than three years. Oh, that's so good. I mean, it's, it's you, you started with where you were at with what you had you figured out what you could be a solution provider for. And that's really where I think your, that's how your community, you know, you didn't even really have to chase anything. It was just like, they gravitated towards you because they had the same pain points that you were having. They saw themselves in you. And, and if you could be a solution provider, and I love what you said of like, you know, what do you have? Like, maybe you're a great writer. Maybe you're, you're great on air. Maybe maybe you are, are beautiful with the way that you look or the way that you walk or the way that you talk. And you use that as, as your way of leadership and of, and of confidence. Like, what is it that you have that is going to make you stand out? That is going to make you feel good to really come together and bring this out. And so I love that you, that you also gave women the permission to say, Hey, you don't have to know it all. Just like, come on board and we are going to figure this out together, which is probably why it became so successful so quickly. So Walk me kind of through that period of you rallied your community, your sorority, and you guys started creating the content. Now, obviously it had to be 
good content because people aren't going to read it. People aren't going to want to start connecting to it if it's not actually good quality content. So how did you decide at that point? And obviously from your background of radio, you probably knew the kind of content that was going to, that was going to stick, that was going to go viral, that was going to do well, but kind of talk to me about those moments of, you know, how were you able to go viral? How were you able to get these celebrities to want to come on board and want to be a part of this movement that you were creating? Yeah, this is a great question and it's super interesting. So for, I think I first off have to say that when I worked at Hot 87, like I said, I was all about getting experiences. And so I would do these radio shows on the side. I also blogged for the DJs on the side. So like Funkmaster Flex has a blog. DJ Enough has a blog. And so I learned how to blog while I was working at Hot 87, while I also was learning how to produce radio shows, while I also was learning how to run the boards and how to say, be an on-air personality and all those things, right? And so I honed those skills. And then once I left, I had those skills still. I I needed to build on top of them. I needed to figure out how to launch a WordPress site and not just how to update one, right? So I learned how to do all those things. And then I went and I trained the girls and I just decided like, hey, we're going to talk about music and fashion. We're going to make it girly and hip hop, which there was no other website that was doing that. So I was like, let's differentiate ourselves by not only talking about music, but let's bring in makeup and fashion and make it a hip hop blog site for girls, right? And then I put my thinking cap on and I leveraged the power of Twitter and the fact that we had so many girls. So I was the first blog to figure out how to mass tweet out blog titles and also mentioning the people in the titles of the blog. And so it would be something like at Wiz Khalifa releases new song XYZ, right? And then 50 pretty girls would tweet Wiz Khalifa at one time and he would retweet it. And so all these celebrities started to retweet our stuff because we were the first ones to come up with this idea and I had figured it out and we just started going viral in that way. So it was this like little hack. And by the way, like as we go through my journey, there's so many things like that, that I've done in my career that just 10 X everything that I was doing and what went from us being like a nobody website to like one of the top websites because we figured out this one thing that nobody else had done yet that was sort of the solutions were there to make it happen, but nobody had put two and two together. Nobody had thought to at mention someone in an automated blog, you know, title that goes out on Twitter. And so I figured that out and then everybody started copying us. But for a while, we were the only ones doing it for months. And that's when MTV caught notice. MTV did a pilot with us. That was three months into it. We didn't get that pilot. But then two years later, MTV did like this really huge, like we basically shot all summer and we were about to be the next Jersey Shore. And I was the lead of that show. Um, MTV pulled the plug. I'm like fast forwarding the story way, way, way far off now. But like two years later, you know, we were doing our thing. We kept hosting parties. We were getting bigger and bigger. We were like basically celebrities in the tri-state. Then MTV uh, scouts us, uh, scouts us out again. We film all summer and they pull the plug last minute. And so this is another like devastating part in my career where it's like I got fired from Hot 97. Then the next thing was three years later when I was about to be like the next big thing on MTV. MTV was huge at that time. They pulled the plug. I was like so crushed. I shut everything down. All the girls were so upset with my decision, but I just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. And I just wanted to be on my own. So I decided I was going to shut everything down, go into corporate. And my thought was I would be a normal person now and that, that my career is over and it's time to be normal. Oh, wow. Okay. This is so, so good. So, and I love that you shot us to hear. There's so many things I want to, I want to talk to you about, but this moment I can imagine of just feeling 
And if this is not right, you can say no, but it's exhaustion, defeat, feeling like I've done all of this. I've built out like, what else do I have to do to like, get, like, get this to the next level? What else do I have to do? What else do I have to say? And so I can, I can imagine that that might've been part of the reason why you were like, you know what? I'm just going to burn it all down. <laughs> like, I'm going to go be quote unquote normal. I'm going to go get a job at an accountant's office. And like, you know, but obviously we know that that is not the case because you are such a, a hyper creative being that sitting at an accountant's office is, is not something that you could ever do. That's not, not that that there's anything wrong with that, but that's, that is it's not your spirit. Yeah. It's not you. It is not your spirit to be so unauthentic to who you are. So lead us to that place of, was shutting it all down out of, I mean, were you, were you scared? Were you yeah. PO? Were you angry? I mean, were you all the things? As creators, we often don't have a huge team to build our business, but that doesn't mean that we have to do it alone. Kajabi gives you all the tools that you need to build a profitable business. Kajabi is your all-in-one platform for digital products. Designed for creators to create, market, and sell their digital content, no matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. Now, there is a reason why Kajabi has been the go-to place for over a decade for so many creators. And you guys know how much I love data. You hear me talk about it all the time on this podcast, the importance of analytics. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates, all built in. The best part? You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com slash influencer. Kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $6 billion. Now we know that running a small business is no feat, but our friends at JustWorks are here to make it a whole lot easier for us. JustWorks software automates HR for both employees and admins. As a reliable and flexible platform, JustWork earns back time so you can focus on running your business with big confidence. Signing up is a breeze. In just 30 minutes, you can set up payroll that streamlines paying your team, saves time, and mitigates errors. And it's desktop and mobile friendly. Plus, you can get ready to pay yourself and your amazing team in as little as two business days. That is the kind of speed and efficiency that we need as small businesses. You can even integrate time tracking and benefits that support running your small business with ease. Don't miss your chance to get one month free by visiting justworks.com influencer. Secure the limited time offer and start letting JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at justworks.com influencer. 
Well, it was basically like, so when I was 25, I was like 20, like I, I ended up Strawberry Blunt when I was, Strawberry Blunt, it was called strawberryblunt.com and then the sorority of hip hop. I always called the sorority of hip hop because Strawberry Blunt is like kind of bad, you know, <laughs> but like, that's what everybody knew us as the Strawberry Blunt girls. Right. And so anyway, I shut it down. And the reason why is because I, I was this young leader. I was, you know, I did it from like 25 to 27 or 24 to 27. And it was so much to have the weight of all these girls on my shoulders, right? There was like five main girls. Everybody wanted to be famous. Everybody was like banking on their success. Like my success was their success. And everybody's, everybody was on my shoulders. And I just felt like, man, like I need to be successful on my own before I can go make 50 girls successful. And I just felt like it was so much pressure. And I also felt like my team didn't really appreciate everything that I was doing and all the sacrifices I personally was making because I was doing 80% of the work, whether that was, you know, running the website or figuring out the advertising deals or getting us on hosting events. I was doing so much of the work and I just felt like it was just too catty. I felt like I didn't do it right. I didn't have any sort of MBA or business background. I just like threw it all together. And we had such a great brand, but our monetization model wasn't quite there. And I didn't have enough experience. And honestly, I look back and I see all the success. Like I've made Yap into like a multi-million dollar business. I think Yap is going to sell for a hundred million dollars one day. So it's like, I did it right the second time around. And I look back at what I had with the story of hip hop and we had the brand the same way that I had the Young and Profiting brand before I started to monetize it. We really had the brand. I just didn't figure out that monetization piece. And if I had waited maybe a year, maybe I would have figured it out, maybe two years. But I'm not sure I quite had the experience and, and the knowledge to actually run a successful business at that time. I knew how to build communities because that's natural, but I didn't know how to make money. And that was the real issue. Oh, okay. We have just touched on something so, 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 so important. And you're going to have to break this down for us from your perspective. So what is the difference between having a brand and having a business that is profitable? Oh, there's a big difference. So for example, the sorority of hip hop, everybody knew our names. We were getting shouted out on the radio. We all had massive followings. We had notoriety, credibility. Like we were, we were known. People knew our name. But there was no revenue attached to it. There was no business model attached to it. There was no call to action to our followers to go do anything. We didn't have any product. We didn't have any service. We had ad sales, but we didn't know how to scale it. We had event planning, but, you know, it actually wasn't very profitable because we didn't understand the cost to put it on and, you know, how much we should be selling ourselves for. It was just all messed up. It was, we were just young girls who didn't know what we were doing. And so it's actually very easy to build a brand, I think. It's very hard to turn that brand into something that is profitable and that is a scalable business that can continue to grow. Um, and so I think that's the nut that I did not crack as a younger woman. <laughs> mm. So then how did you crack it? Because I know that you just mentioned like young and profiting, you can see that being a $100 million business one oh, day. Yes. So how do you go from being that 25 year old that it's like, I can create a brand in my sleep but I don't know how to make money and turn it into actually net profit to where you are today. Yeah. So I got a, I got a second chance. I always, I look back and I feel like, wow, like I really had a whole second chance in my career. And so, like I said, I went into corporate. Um, I did four years at Hewlett Packard in corporate marketing. And then I went to Disney streaming services and I was a 
great corporate employee. I was an entrepreneur within the company. At Hewlett Packard, I was basically like a celebrity within the company. I was the face of the Young Employee Network. I was president of the Young Employee Network, you know, interviewing the CEO. I was just the same person I was like in the in the real world. I just did that at Hewlett Packard and was like this little celebrity inside the company. And so that made me feel really confident. And I started making my first six figures and making a lot of money. And I thought, you know, hey, I should get back on the mic. I feel like I've got something to say. I had lost almost all of my industry connections. So I was starting from zero and I didn't start on Instagram. I didn't start on Twitter. I went to LinkedIn and now I'm one of the most popular influencers on LinkedIn. I'm like top five females on that platform. And it all started because I was like, hey, I want to start, you know, I want to start this podcast and I want to target young professionals. And I don't want it to be about music or fashion or anything like that. And I just want to be the only host. You know, I used to have other co-hosts on my radio shows and I'm going to call it Young and Profiting for Yap. There's no, there's no company out there in the podcast world called Yap yet. And I thought that was crazy. And so I was like, I'm going to call it Young and Profiting Yap. And um, I started promoting it on LinkedIn and it blew up like very fast. Um, I'm one of the most popular podcasters across all apps, not just Apple. And um, I had celebrities from day one and it's because I had all the pieces to the puzzle. I knew how to produce a show. I had a track record that people believed in me because I was like, Hey, this is not my first rodeo. I almost had a show on MTV. I did this. I did that. I'm just doing a podcast for the first time. And so everybody bought into the story. I had celebrities and authors from day one and I just grew it like steadily over two years. Uh, the difference is, is that this time I had, you know, it was all on my own in the beginning, which I had a lot more control, which I think really helped me. And then I also think that, you know, my community building skills really came into play because by episode eight, I had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel and I would just train everybody and teach everybody what to do and had a lot of arms and legs from the very beginning. And the key is that I was open to the opportunities and I was more educated. I had a corporate background. I got my MBA. And so I was more keen to the opportunities around me. And and the main thing is that I realized what people wanted from me and how I could make money off my podcast. When I first started my podcast, I never thought I would make a dime. I literally thought it was just always going to be a hobby. And then the people who would come on my show, every time I'd end my interview, these would be like big CEOs, best-selling authors. They'd say, Hala, who does your marketing? How the heck did you grow on LinkedIn like that? And I'd say, "Uh, you know, it's me and my team, my interns. Like I work at Disney. I I can't, you know, I can't do anything else. And people would always ask me that. Who produces your show? You have such a great show, you know? And finally I said, all right, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'll do your videos. You know, I'll give it a shot. I'll run your social. I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll produce your podcast. Now, fast forward 18 months after starting Yap Media Agency, I have 60 employees around the world. In our first year, we did almost $2 million in business. And, you know, now we're projecting probably like $6 million in our, in our second year. And we're just growing so fast. And it's all because I was open to the opportunities around me. And then that just kind of, everything just kind of snowballed from there. Oh, that's so, that's so good. Okay. So wait, did you get your MBA when you were working in corporate? Yes. Okay. So you were working corporate, you went back to school, you got your MBA, you felt that desire because it's not going to leave you to get back on the mic because that's, that really is where you were meant to be the entire time. So it's there, not Mm -hmm. leaving you. You get back on there and then you start to just take stock and take notice of I can be a solution provider for what these people need and what they see in me. And what I'm really freaking good at is marketing and branding and producing and social media. 
And so you allowed yourself to stay open and stay curious to that. What I would love to know and what I think is really unique about your story, because when everyone else was zigging, you decided to zag. And the way that you decided to zag is that you went to LinkedIn when everybody else and their mom was going over to Instagram. So talk to me about that and how you were able to kind of disrupt this platform that was LinkedIn, that of course it's saturated with a lot of you know, corporate entities and and CEOs and executives and all of that, but it's not necessarily saturated with brand builders, with marketers, with influencers, with content creators. So walk me through kind of what gave you the idea to go over to LinkedIn and how you were able to really kind of tentpole yourself into that space and become such a big name there. Yes. So to your point, everybody at the time was on Instagram. And so when I first started my podcast, I tested, you know, I put stuff on Instagram, I put stuff on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, I noticed that nobody really wanted that educational content. They wanted to see me in my outfit of the day and and things like that. And I felt like, well, this is not what I'm about. I'm actually about giving information, educating people. And my show is really going to target young professionals. When I went on LinkedIn, I realized that none of the podcasters had a huge following. Like there was nobody that owned that space. There was like one other guy that was like really up and coming that was doing it. And I was like, well, this is wide open. There's nobody else doing podcasts. And so I decided to not only do podcasts on LinkedIn, but I decided to really stand out. So if you see behind me, if you guys are watching on video, you'll see that a lot of my colors are like neon pink, neon green, neon blue. Those aren't my favorite colors. That's what I knew would stand out and stop the scroll on LinkedIn because everybody was boring, bland, corporate. And here I was, you know, this was four years ago that I was like, you know, bright, cheery, energetic, you know, had bright colors and did really innovative things. I would have these like comic book audiograms that I created and, and all these things that, you know, video wasn't that hot yet four years ago. Video, I just started doing about two years ago, but I just had these bright audiograms that really stood out. I would put pictures of myself and nobody else was doing that. And so I just totally took over LinkedIn. I, I became the most popular podcaster on LinkedIn almost within the first six months of launching. And because I had this content platform, I always had something to talk about. Every week I'd have a new topic, right? And so it always gave me something to say, something to stay consistent with. And I took it really seriously and I posted every single day until I got to like 60,000 followers. And here's, this is a really cool story that I'm about to tell you. This is also another way that I kind of disrupted everything. Since I am all about habits and routines and goals for the new year, let's talk about healthy eating. Now, obviously, this is a hot topic for so many of us right now because I know that so many people are looking to revamp their eating habits in the new year. But I think so often we fall short because of a few things. One, it can be really time-consuming to cook fresh meals every day, especially as a parent. Two, it can be time-consuming and difficult to prepare and go to the grocery store and just have all the ingredients that we need for the week. And so if you're anything like me, what tends to happen is that we fall back on old habits of just ordering out all of our meals or snacking around meals or just grabbing whatever we find in the pantry and not really giving our bodies the nourishment that we need. But a really simple solution that I have found for the new year 
is HelloFresh. Whether you want to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Imagine having farm fresh ingredients and chef crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep, no grocery store chaos. Also, what I love about HelloFresh is that everything comes pre portioned right to your doorstep, which is a huge perk for me because of the time savings, and there's less hassle and less wasted food. Another perk with me because with two small kids in the house, it is so easy for us to waste food and that drives me crazy. And even if there are nights where you barely have any time to cook, what you can do is check out their lineup of 15 minute recipes, which are amazing. These are great for those nights when you're just trying to catch up on all the duties and you just need a healthy but quick option. I made a really good chicken dish the other night and they also have some good vegan options. My husband is also gluten-free, so they have something for everybody regardless of what your dietary preferences may be. And this is huge for so many of us, as I know. Now, here is the big news. HelloFresh understands the breakfast game and how important getting protein first thing in the morning is. So HelloFresh is giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. Yes, you heard it right. A free breakfast item with every single delivery. I mean, who wouldn't want to wake up to that? We all know the importance of breakfast and getting that protein fix in the morning. And the fact that I just don't have to think about it just made HelloFresh a no brainer for me this year. So that means you will enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash influencer free and use code influencer free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while the subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash influencer free with the code influencer free. Check it out and find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So I was growing on Apple. I was fairly big. But, you know, the people who are huge on Apple started 12 years before I did, 10 years before I did. And I felt like, man, like, I'm never going to crack Apple. Uh, Layer on top of that, I'm Arabic, I'm a girl, and it's not like I have, like, an uncle who can, like, hook me up on Apple or something. You know what I mean? Like, I have to do everything myself. And so it's like I'm always thinking of scrappy ways to really stand out and get noticed and and get ahead. So I amassed 60,000 followers on LinkedIn. I did research and I started to think like, how can I really just like blow up? Like, how can I take this to the next level? And so I realized there was 70 other apps aside from Apple that promoted podcasts. And I thought, well, hey, these apps are probably looking for exposure. And I'm like the only podcaster on LinkedIn. I bet you I can email them and ask to get featured in their app in exchange for me promoting them on LinkedIn. And so I would reach out to all these players, CastBox, Player FM, Podcast Republic. And I said, hey, what's up? My name's Hala. You know, I've got this big LinkedIn following. I'm the biggest podcaster on LinkedIn. I'll do a giveaway to get reviews on your on your site in exchange for you promoting me in your app. And then everybody said yes. And everybody started promoting me at once. Uh, my, my charts went from like, you know, 4,000 downloads a month to like 20,000 downloads a month and more. And now I'm at like 500,000 downloads a month across all platforms. But like it's skyrocketed. Like I'm talking about like I, did, I, I didn't even like dream that I could reach that amount of downloads. And it was all because I put, I leveraged what I had built. And it's like, to your point, I realized the gap, I built it. And then I just kept leveraging LinkedIn. And now I'm leveraging all the apps that I've been able to build. You know, I have 200,000 subscribers on CastBox alone. So now I'm leveraging CastBox for things and, and all these platforms that I've created. So it's all about getting that leverage. And 
all you need is just one thing that works. And then you can start to create all your dreams based off that one thing. Because I wanted to be the biggest podcaster. I started and I accomplished that goal by becoming the biggest podcaster on LinkedIn and then leveraging that platform to do everything else. Oh, that's so, so good. I, I love the way you think. I love that you're a disruptor. I love that you have such a positive outlook. Um, you, you don't take no for an answer. You pivot. I mean, all the keys to success really are, is everything that you just defined. Staying open, working with what you have, not letting no deter you, being able to pivot. I mean, all of these things, being a solution provider, thinking outside the box. I mean, what you just said with, you know, it's like, instead of trying to go and like climb this massive mountain that is Apple, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to become a solution provider for these other podcast platforms that need the exposure, that need the leverage. And you knowing that the content that you have is quality, all of that's already been mapped out. It's just, it's just the exposure piece and that, Mm -hmm. and that collaboration. And I love that you did that. Um, It's very similar to to a story that I have with, with pitching and, and how I was really able to work with brands early on. And, and it is, it's thinking about outside the box. And if you can't, it's like, if you can't beat them, it's like, what are ways that you can join them? And so I, I love it when people think that way. I think that you've given a lot of people listening some really incredible insight today. Something that I'm sure that they're probably asking themselves because I know this audience so well is that they're probably thinking, okay, Hala, so I hear you. But now it's 2022 and I can't disrupt LinkedIn. I can't disrupt all of these other podcasts. I can't do that. So how can I, in this day and age, how can I go viral? How can I try to disrupt? How can I be a solution provider? How can I collaborate? What are your answers to that question? Yeah. So first I would say is if you are starting a brand, I want you to focus on one channel, right? Pick the channel that you think your target audience is really on and pick the channel that still has some sort of organic growth. So LinkedIn actually still has organic growth. TikTok has organic growth, right? The ones that don't are Instagram, YouTube. I think uh, Twitter has organic growth right now as well too. I've been seeing Twitter pick up. And so do some research, pick the one that has organic growth, pick one channel and then learn every single feature of that platform and feed the features, every single one, and start to figure out what's working, what's not working. Test your content, A-B test. Uh, Start to understand what works on that platform. Is it, you know, for LinkedIn, like polls work really well, you know, images work really well, better than videos. Like you need to start to understand those things because it's not only the content that you put out, it's also like the publishing strategy. And that's something that people really forget. They don't understand how the algorithm works on these platforms. And that's why when you focus on one platform, you'll really start to learn how that platform works and what works for you on that platform. The biggest mistake I see people see is they try to do all the platforms at once. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do one piece of content. Then I'm going to resize it for all the platforms and boom, I'm going to become an influencer. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. You need to focus, I believe on one platform. If you don't have a big team, especially really learn how it works, really figure out what content resonates with those people who are on that platform and how you actually relay that content, whether it's images, video, just text only what really works and what features work for you. And, and I think that is the best strategy to take. No, it's so good. And, um, and even what you just said is like every platform has their own way of working, you know, a video may be super hot on TikTok and Instagram, but it may not convert as well over on LinkedIn. Exactly. So it's, it's really about getting in there and spending time and, and, and testing. And I love what you said about 
you have to really take the time to figure out like, A, who are you selling to? Who is your audience? Yes. And B, where are they? It's not, you know, and it's easy to say we're there on Instagram because everyone thinks that everyone's on Instagram. But if you, if you take a moment to really peel back, like, yes, they may be on Instagram, but where are they in a way that you can actually connect to them and they can actually see what it is that you're putting out there. They can connect to your message and you actually have the potential to convert them into a fan, a buyer or whatever it is that your goal is. That's really what I hear you saying Yeah. And the other tip that I have, the other tip that I have is to find other people who are doing what you're doing on the platform that you're trying to build on. And so this is again, like the idea of collaboration over competition. So for example, on LinkedIn, when I was building my LinkedIn following, I took any podcaster who was making any sort of noise on LinkedIn and I shot them a DM. Hey, can you join my WhatsApp group? Let's all have a monthly mastermind. Let's share links. Let's support each other's links. And I started an engagement pod without knowing that's what I was starting. Like, and so I did that. And you just recruit people who have similar interests. Then you open up the opportunities for collaborations. You guys can do joint IG lives together. You guys will support each other's links and kind of trick the algorithm into pushing your posts up in the feed. And, and doing all those kind of things. And then also just learning tips and tricks and, 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 uh, industry insight knowledge from other people is really helpful. So I would be the glue that kind of brings everybody together and start a group as well with similar interests. Mm, that's great. Um, I love these tips so much. Hala, tell us a little bit about Yap and the podcast and how you, how you uplift your audience there, what listeners can expect when they start dialing into your amazing content. Yes. So I have a podcast called Young and Profiting. We interview the brightest minds in the world. So last week I interviewed Deepak Chopra, for example. I've interviewed Matthew McConaughey, Seth Godin, Robert Greene, all these great people. And usually we dive deep on one topic. So maybe it's the art of side hustles. Maybe it's negotiation and how to gain influence or, you know, how to build a side hustle into a million dollar business. It's always one topic that we go really deep. And I do a ton of research. I care about my show so much. I'm doing 20 hours or so of research, typically learning about sleep or whatever the heck we're talking about that week. And so you can always expect super high quality, no fluff content on Young and Profiting Podcast. And you can find our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. Amazing. Holly, thank you so much for being with us today. I know you and I could just talk, I think, for a very long time. I think we think very, very similar. And I I just, I love that you, that you are who you are and you haven't, you, you stayed true to that. And, um, and you allowed yourself to, to remain open and curious. I think that's very inspiring. And I think that that is really the crux to so much of what is possible in this world. And so thank you for just being an amazing example of that, for sharing your story and for just being really honest and, and sharing a lot of tips and, and really giving people some good direction on where they can take and what they can do. If this is something that they want to dial into a little bit more. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. And I can't wait to have you on Yap. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all 
all of that good stuff. 